know who you are, know what you've accomplished and know where you want to go. You just have to keep after it until it becomes a habit. Do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. We have an excellent guest today, Stan Martz, a first recruiter for the Management Consulting and Technology Solutions. He's in the Houston area, uh, graduate of the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business. And... Um, uh, with DES Growth Partners. Welcome, Stan. Tell us a little more about yourself, if you would, please. Oh, certainly. Well, let's see. Had about 20 years in industry, primarily energy and consulting before going into the search business. I entered the search business with two other partners uh, and was with them for about six years before forming my own company in 2009, DES Growth Partners, dedicated executive search um, with a focus on primarily on management consulting. So I'm typically placing experienced manager through partner level talent into consulting firms. I do have a secondary practice in private equity where I'm typically working with GMs or CEOs who are in transition, uh, who are interested in getting private equity backing to uh, buy a business. Very good. Very interesting. So I like people to know early on, what's the number one thing they will get, the benefit they'll get from listening to this episode? What is it you want to focus on? Oh, well, great question. Uh, one thing uh, that I'd like to focus on today is the importance of keeping a work journal, which sounds a little bit like keeping a diary. And, and as a matter of fact, it kind of is. Mm. Um, and it's something I wish I had started earlier in my own career. And it would be probably the single piece of advice I'd, I'd give to people today. Uh, the, the, really, the purpose of the journal is to help you know who you are, uh, know what you've accomplished, and know where you want to go. Uh, those sound like three simple things, but I tell you, most of us struggle with those. Uh, I, I know I did earlier in my career when we'd get to that part of the performance review where they'd say, well, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, so I think uh, uh, keeping a work journal would be a you know my, my single best piece of advice. I, I think at this point, it's a great piece of advice and it's a unique piece of advice. Uh, so let's focus on that. It's great. Um, what? Where does someone start with creating a work or career journal? What are some of the entries you recommend people put in on a day to day basis? Okay. Well, I, I guess, first of all, I, I'd suggest updating it kind of like once a week uh, and, and reflect on, okay, well, what did you, what, how did you spend your time over that past week? Uh, and and what, what are your objectives for the next week? Um, and you would include, uh, you know, any problems you encountered in, in what you were trying to to, to do um, things, you know, I guess things of that nature. But I would also include actually, you know, how you felt about the work that you were doing. This is all part of the discover who you are process, which is discovering the kind of work you like to do. Um, 
you know, don't, don't leave that stuff to chance and, and, and vague feelings over the course of, you know, years, but rather, you know, keep a journal about it uh, and have actual data to, to back up, you know, why you feel what you feel about the work that you do, um, how that might inform where you'd like your career to go. Uh, and it also provides, you know, great uh, input for even your resume as, as you reflect on, you know, what did you accomplish over not just the last week, but the last month, last quarter, the last year, et cetera. It becomes a, a great repository of information that has really multiple uses. Um, yeah, that's really great. Being uh, reflective does take something. We, people work so hard, they work so fast, and to stop once a week to look back at what did you deal with, what problems did you solve, what results and accomplishments, either the week, the month, those are so important for future resume building to have these accomplishments uh, journaled and captured. So rarely do people celebrate their victories. And I like the piece you said about how did you feel about it? So people can be reflecting and on, a, on an ongoing basis, go back into their journal and really help a recruiter like you or just the, themselves manage their career trajectory. Did I get it right? Did I oh, summarize yeah. that? Yes. Yeah, you did. And I would even suggest that it, it, uh, the journal would be a great uh, resource for you to share with your, you know, if you're using a career coach or an executive coach, because uh, uh, it, it often is helpful to have a, an objective uh, observer uh, that you can, can share with and talk about your career and where you want to go. And, and that's, a, again, a great resource for that. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I would add uh, just an idea that pops into my mind that when you're writing in your journal, maybe color coded or use large capital letters for very exciting accomplishments or bigger challenges. So when you're flipping back later, you can more easily find the things that you want to want to highlight. Yeah, what are some examples? Idea. Yeah, have you an example of someone who has done this well and and uh, what it led to? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> I yeah, I I like the work of uh, Stephen Covey. I, I I I don't know if that name is is familiar to everyone today, but he's the guy that did the Seven Habits book, um, and he talks about. Uh, um, I don't know if he per se talks about writing a journal, but he's got some great tips in there. Um, yeah, certainly the seven habits another. of highly, the seven habits of highly effective people is one of the best uh, leadership books, career books uh, on the, uh, in the history of this movement. Right. right. Yeah. Good. Right. Uh, what about your own experience with candidates and, or your own personal experience? Uh, what did it take to get used to writing in a journal and, what it, what was some you know I mean conceptually it makes a lot of sense but I love when we take concepts and then we talk about real concrete examples where it made a difference. Can you uh, share with us an example? Well, I don't really have an example to share with you, but in terms of what it takes to, I mean, I I've started applying that to my own career now in in my search practice, and and I tell you the 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 biggest challenge is the discipline, you know, to, to create the time. It takes time and effort. It has to become a habit, and in order to become a habit, you have to uh, really just keep practicing at it until it becomes second nature. It's like a lot of those things that are good for us. We know conceptually they're good for us, like 
eating a healthy diet and exercising. You just have to keep after it until it becomes a habit. So that'd be my number one piece of advice is practice it. Practice is a great idea. And I'm going to use another methodology that gets people to exercise that some doctors use. They scare the, they scare the life out of their, their patients if they don't exercise. So tell us a story of someone who you struggled with or they struggled where if they had a journal, it would have made a difference. Hmm. Another question I also ask people is, what's the dumbest thing you've seen smart people do? You can answer either of those questions as you see yeah, well, and let me take that first one. And I don't necessarily have a specific example, but I think if each of us thought and reflected a little bit on you know where we are in our career and how we got here, and whether whether that was um, well thought out or planned, or whether we just happened to end up where we are, uh, I, I think that in itself can be you know very insightful. And and the unfortunate reality is. Most of us kind of float through life and things happen to us instead of being proactive. Uh, it's not that we can control everything, of course, but with some, you know, with sufficient thought uh, uh, and preparation, we can we can influence the things that happen to us uh, and 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 be in a better position to to control more aspects of our life. And just floating along. Um, I really and, and the second that. question about you know what this what what have uh, what what kind of stupid things have smart people done? Uh, I guess we're all capable of boneheaded things from time to time. Uh, I guess let me pick on one thing that I've seen happen more often than it should, and and that is um, taking a an important phone interview while you're driving in a car or while you're um, in, a, in a place where you can't really uh, completely focus on the conversation. Uh, I had one particular incident with, uh, with one of my major clients. This was years ago. And I, I got a call from my client after he had been speaking with a candidate. And uh, he told me that that candidate had they had to reconnect three times, and my and my client finally just said, "You know, let's just not do this." And then when he called me, it's like, I, you know, that person is done. <laughs> um, now, of course, there could have been a worse outcome. The person could have ended up in a car accident or something. Because there, there are obvious safety issues with, you know, trying to have a a phone conversation in a car. But there's also the kind of the respect or lack of respect that you're showing to your the client or whomever you're speaking with that you're not 100% engaged in the conversation. So if, if you're going, you know, if it's an important phone call like that, be sure you're in a place where you can really concentrate on the conversation. And uh, of course, things come up and you might need to reschedule and, and reschedule if you must, but, um, but uh, be in a place and a mindset where you can, can really focus. Great, Stan. Thank you very much. Anything else you want to leave us with that would make a, a difference for the people we're we're reaching out to, the people you and I, we really do care a lot about businesses finding good talent and talent finding good places to work. Well, I, I think it's important to know the different roles that various actors in this workspace play. Uh, I'm, you're a career coach, so you're going to advocate for your the people you're working with and help them in their career. The role of the recruiter is something quite different. 
we are hired by the company to find the best talent. So we're not working for the candidate. And that's important to keep in mind. We're not trying to work against any candidates, but just be aware of, uh, in a way, you can kind of follow the money, so to speak. We are paid by our clients to find the best talent. So we're not paid by candidates to find them a job. So it's a, we, we, we play completely different roles in the marketplace. And it's, recruiters can be helpful when you're doing your job search. But I would recommend that candidates do their homework before they reach out to a recruiter. Uh, find out, you know, well, does that recruiter have a specialty? And if so, what is it? And, and once you know what it is, how well does your background and experience and your career objectives mesh with that? Uh, and, and then focus on those recruiters that seem to, to match up best with what you're trying to do with your career. And, and just be aware that, uh, again, recruiters don't work for you. <laughs> they work for the hiring company, and that's an important yeah. thing to keep in mind. That can, that can be confusing because they can help. They can help prepare you for an interview. They might make some suggestions for your resume. So they, are, they, they can be helpful. They might have an intention and a good heart of, of intending to be beneficial, to contribute something of value. But at the end of the day, they are representing the company. Some people know that, some people forget that. So it's a really good point. Stan, I'm really grateful. Something else you wanted to say? Oh, I was just gonna you know, reemphasize that. I, I, I do try to help my candidates present themselves in the best way possible and put the best foot forward. So thank you for, for, for adding that piece. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Love working with you guys. Well, thanks so much for your time and your wisdom, Stan, and your generosity of spirit. Really good insights. Uh, folks, definitely start practicing uh, the uh, journaling, the career journaling, the work journaling. Deal with the discomfort of making the time to reflect, and you will find yourself in a very pos- positive position when you, need to, when you need to use it. Good insights, Stan. Bye for now. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck to you, to you all out there. Thank you very much for listening to the Career Transition Experts. We hope you got something of value and would love to hear from you on what you did learn and how this episode made a difference. If you'd like to contact or reach our guests, take a look at the show notes. And you can also find there a link where we will send you a free copy of our resume preparation checklist. If there's anything we can do to help you fulfill your vision and make that transition smoothly, contact us. We are here for you. Thanks again for listening. Hope to see you again soon. Bye for now.